engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Today on The Eric Erickson Show, he's the winner of the Georgia Broadcasting Association Best On-Air Personality Award and a director, producer, and actor. Filling in for Eric today, Alan Sanders. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Eric Erickson Show. It is so good to get that phone call. You know, every every major league pitcher that you know is that reliever. They work so hard to be able to be called in when they're needed in that special situation, whether they're the, uh, the, the, the closer, whether they're middle relief, and they work on that craft so that way they're ready because you never know. You never know when the coach says or the, the team manager says, ah, sorry, you guys got to bring a, got to bring relief in. We got to we got to bring the specialist in. And it's so good to be here. Eric is just a little under the weather, folks. He's expected to be back tomorrow. Here's the thing. In the field we're in, in the uh, in the medium of talk, I could come in here with a broken leg. I could come here with my arm in three places or off. Um, I could come in here with, you know, having lost all my hair. I, I mean, there's all my manner of ailments and problems that could allow me to come into the studio and spend some time with you because you wouldn't know as long as my voice works. But if your voice goes to pot, well, a little harder to do the job. And so Eric will be with you tomorrow as planned. At least that's, that is the plan right now. So you got me, Alan Sanders, filling in for you, and there's a lot going on. There, oh, my. There is a lot going on. And I want to hear from you as we go through. So let me do this quickly. I'm going to give you the phone number so you have it. Coast to coast, across the Fruited Plain, the Eric Erickson Show is 877-97-ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. That's 877-973-7425. All right, before we get it, like the main thing I want to get into in hour one, I want to talk about this confidential human source, the guy who had a a meeting, uh, several meetings actually, with a guy by the name of Zlochevsky and some others associated with Burisma. This is something that he said he had an initial meeting in 2015, a follow-up in 2016. Uh, he was a longtime paid-for asset, uh, a confidential human source, a CHS. Uh, 14 years, the FBI paid this human source a lot of money. Um, you know, you know, you're respected when even Jamie Raskin, who got the job after they demoted Adam lying piece of Schiff, when they got rid of Adam Schiff as the spokesperson, you know, as the liar in chief, when he got kicked off the committees after all the Russian hoax 1.0, Jamie Raskin drew the next short straw and he is the designated liar. You know, that show that they had, you know, the designated survivor, like the person who has to be kept away in case like there's a mass incident that kills almost all of government. Kiefer Sutherland, remember that show? Uh, Jamie Raskin is the designated liar now. He's the one who has to lie the most. He's the one who gets the job. Go out there to the cameras and lie. Go out there and pitch. Although I think Dan Goldman from New York wants the job because he is really, really bucking to try to show, hey, you, Jamie, you think you know how to lie and spin and tap? Let me show you how it's done. So these two are competing for the, the designated liar. Even Jamie Raskin 
is on the record multiple times saying that the confidential human source referenced in the 1023 that we're going to talk about, the guy who's just been recently arrested, that he was a longtime source, that it was credible and valid, and that he was a that you you basically Jamie Raskin gave his stamp of approval. The Republicans gave their stamp of approval. Christopher Ray gave his stamp of approval. The previous FBI director's stamp of approval. This guy's been around for 14 years with information that he's gathering in and around, let's say, the uh, Eastern Bloc or maybe former Eastern Bloc countries. So I want to get into some of that. I'm going to have next hour, uh, bottom of the next hour, so about 90 minutes from now, we're going to have um, a legal analyst from Georgia because, as you know, one of Donald Trump's court cases that's after him, one of the things is is the Big Fanny Willis indictment that came down last year. Uh, that started apparently in 2022. and Well, maybe I think it's 2021 is when she thought she was going to bring it. Uh, started having her um, brought the, uh, the, 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 the grand jury together in 2022 and then filed everything. Uh, so that case has had a hiccup. You guys probably are aware nationwide that uh, Fannie Willis had to go to court for an evidentiary hearing. And she had to have, um, well, the timeline of her relationship with the special prosecutor put under a microphone, oh, a microphone, a microscope. I'm on the microphone. And we've got some information we need to talk to about that. And I want to kind of bring some analysis about that because it has an implication on the campaign in the 2024 election cycle. That'll be coming up next hour. Right now, I'm just going to ask you how many of you are affected by this AT&T primarily AT&T cell phone outage. And, and did you just suddenly today have a, a dawning recognition of how just dependent we are on just cell phone connectivity. Now, some of you are like, well, I'm fine because I'm working from home today and my my phone's working through Wi-Fi. Or I went to my settings, I went to cellular, and I said Wi-Fi cell calling to allow me to be able to still get and receive calls over Wi-Fi. Hey, I, I get that. We're not even talking about an electrical outage, just a minor blip of a cell tower or cell carrier service outage. I got to tell you, it affected me. Here I am. I'm, I'm on my way in to fill in for the nationally syndicated Eric Erickson show. It's a lot of weight on my shoulders. I got a lot I'm trying to coordinate. I'm trying to make sure that I'm dotting my I's, crossing my T's, getting all the information I need, making sure that all the people that I have lined up or whatever sources, whatever, whatever I have, and generally I'm able to conduct that on my way in or get the phone call, you know, put it on speaker, make sure I'm talking to the producer, make sure I'm talking to the station, you know, all the things that I've got to do to make sure I'm ready. I couldn't do. I, I was transported back to like my early 1990s, you know, where cell phones were either big giant bag phones or huge batteries. And, and if you were lucky enough to have one of those, most of us had to wait till we got to our destination to make a phone call. We certainly weren't getting text messages. If it, maybe if you had a pager and somebody sent you a 911 page, you'd know to turn off somewhere and look for a payphone. <laughs> My goodness, that's how I felt this morning. I felt like I was transported back to the early 90s. So my question, and not necessarily for you to call in, but my, my question for you, before we get into some of the heavier news, we went through 2020 together. All of us in this audience, we all experienced the, when the world caught a cold. We experienced 1.0, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, 1.8, 1.9, 1.10, 1.11, 1.12, 1.13, 1.14, 1.15, 1.16, 1
whatever whatever iteration we're on of COVID and the nonsense of pretend long COVID and short COVID and recurring COVID and whether or not the vaccine works or doesn't work, causes injury or doesn't, we're not here to litigate all of that again. But I would have thought that in 2020, a lot of us would have learned how to become maybe just a tad more self-sufficient. Hey, maybe I should have a few extra supplies on hand just in case the world goes wonky again for a few weeks or in some places around the country, many, 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 many months. You know, I remember my wife and I had that conversation. We sat down with one another, folks. My wife and I said, you know, we haven't really been utilizing as much of the property as we as we probably should have. I mean, it's great to have a lawn. It's great to have shrubs and bushes. But, I mean, we're not really utilizing it other than a lawn and shrubs and maybe a couple of, you know, trees. So we started to expand. We had a little tiny little hobby garden. And you know what we did? We, we, we went three times bigger. Since that point in time, we have done other things to make sure that we have a steady source of even just basic food, including learning how to can, learning how to store. Do We actually, and, and I know a lot of you older folks out there, maybe you grandparents in the listening audience, you, you already knew how to do this. But my wife and I, who never got taught, or if we did as kids, had forgotten, had to relearn how do you preserve, how do you store, how do you make sure that you have things that, let's say you make a big vat of chili or a big pot of soup or a big whatever, how do you store it so all of your leftovers, rather than, you know, having it go to waste, you can can it and put it on the shelf and put it into, into a, a nice cont- in storage area. So weeks and months and maybe even a year from now, you could still go to that and say, hey, remember when we made chili back in the spring and now it's the fall? I don't have to make a vat of chili. I've got it right here on the shelf. How many of you right now have even a modicum of a plan if things go sideways? Today's a reminder of, well, what are you going to do? Okay, the cell phone of one major carrier goes down and people are losing their minds. It's part of the news cycle every hour on the hour. People are now saying, hey, AT&T is not putting anything on their Facebook. AT&T didn't put anything on Twitter. AT&T is acknowledging it's a problem, but they're not telling us what the problem is. You hear people saying, well, maybe it's sunspots. Maybe it's sun flares. Maybe it's cosmic rays. Could be. And and, and it, could, it could be that somebody uploaded a a patch and broke all the code could be that maybe somebody's doing a hack attack and they don't want to admit that because they don't want to admit how could your network be that vulnerable we don't know but it's leading everybody's news everywhere and all i kept thinking is what did you all learn from 2020 did you learn anything about self-sufficiency did you do anything about what would happen if you couldn't make it to the store for a week, if you were out of contact with people for a week. What if, and ladies and gentlemen, this is just cell phone, what if your power was down for a week? What what would you do? What would you do if everything that you have right now in your refrigerator or freezer and it is offline for a week? Do you think all the stuff in the fridge and the refrigerator and the freezer are going to be good? What's your plan? You know, I'm a big, um, well, let's back up. One of the things that I do in one of my roles is I get a chance to once a month sit down with our local EMA director. So in the community where I live, we bring in our emergency management agency director. We sit down, and you know what we talk about to the listening audience, you all out there? 
We talk about whatever you should be thinking about in that time of season as emergency planning. And what we talk about is not waiting for the emergency to start planning. It's emergency planning in the sense that you plan before the emergency hits. Now, I know some of you live in more densely populated areas. You may not have the ability to have a garden. You may not have the ability to do something like that. You may, but what do you have in the way of maybe buying some non-perishable food items to store maybe in a Tupperware or that could get a big tote and put it somewhere under the bed, under the guest bed, maybe in the closet? What what do you have where you can get some freeze-dried food or freeze-dried fruits and vegetables, some rice, some noodles, just something in case, just throwing it out there. That if this were, let's say, an attack, I'm not saying it is, but let's just someone probing to see how easy it is, or maybe with new tools of infiltration, bringing the cell network down and go, oh, look what happened when we were playing around with just one carrier's cell network. And again, I'm not saying that that's what it is, but this is a perfect time to say, what if? What if the next step is to say, all right, well, let's see if this works now on some electrical grid. Let's see if it works with some water provider or other public system or public utility that may not have the kind of security you're hoping it has, but maybe not. Or maybe they had the most recent form of whatever security they thought they needed until someone figured a workaround. Just ask yourself, if you lost water, if you lost power for a week, I can't even imagine if it goes longer, could you last seven days right now Would you have the ability with what you've got stored? And it doesn't have to be a lot. It's not crazy. And by the way, you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to go shopping today. But is today a good reminder of how to be a little bit better prepared for something that you might not have any control of? Because I guarantee you, when you all went to bed last night, got up this morning, you thought to yourself, everything was working. In fact, I might have been streaming my favorite show on my phone before falling asleep. And now all of a sudden you get out of Wi-Fi and you go, wait a minute, where's... Where's my connection? Where's my connection? Where's my phone? Where's my ability to go check Facebook and Twitter? And and that's just your cell phone. We'll come on back and we'll talk a little bit more about that confidential human source right here on The Eric Erickson Show. Want to be on the show? Hello? Hello? I-, I love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Get the podcast, live stream, email, and social media links by texting ERIC to 33777 now. And welcome back, everyone, to the Eric Erickson Show. Alan Sanders filling in. Eric, just, you know, it's one thing to be a little under the weather, maybe a little lack of energy. Once again, maybe you twisted an arm or you strained a muscle. As long as your voice is working, you can do radio, right? Unfortunately, when your voice goes out, when you you have something starting up here, maybe in your sinus area, and it works its way down here. Uh, not quite as conducive to a, an enjoyable listening experience. So Eric said he hopes he's back with you tomorrow to close off the week and send you off into the weekend with the Eric Erickson flair. I get to fill in today, and it is so good to be with you here. Wherever you're listening across the Fruited Plain, I enjoy being with you. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, 877-973-7425. Now, I have, I, I mean, I've been in this business for a very, very long time. Uh, the news talk, news analysis. I'm not 
your your news journalist. I'm not the person who's trying to, in five minutes, give you all the news you need to know. I'm giving you analysis. I'm giving you the content. I'm giving you the content within context of history. I have the latitude and the time to try to make the complex understandable to get you informed, engaged, and maybe along the way a little entertained. I have been following the FD-1023 drama since, well, two, three years ago when Senator Chuck Grassley on the Senate side, you know, you've got two sides of our legislature. We have a bicameral legislation. I'm going to give you a little education along the way in case some of you didn't grow up with Schoolhouse Rock. Our legislative branch, the lawmaking body of our government, is broken up into two pieces, hence the term bicameral. Two branches. You've got the House and you've got the Senate. And if you have a bill that you want to turn into a law that starts in the House, whatever they agree on, whatever that final language, it's got to go over to the Senate. And the Senate has to then look at it and agree on the language. If they change it, it's got to go back to the House and blah de blah until both sides agree on the exact same verbiage. And then it goes to the president to sign and become a law. You have the Senate. You have the House. Now, in the Senate, you've got committees. On the House, you've got committees. Both sides have different committees. They often have the same responsibility, but one coming from the U.S. Senate side, one coming from the House. And one of them is oversight. One of them is intelligence. You've got banking. You've got foreign affairs. There are a lot of duplicate committee names, but one's made up of your representatives and one's made up of your senators. Senator Chuck Grassley was initially looking into the Burisma allegations that were brought up back in 26, well, I guess 2020, but looking back, heading into the election cycle, when people started saying, hey, remember when Joe Biden bragged about firing the prosecutor, the, uh, the, 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 um, the uh, Victor Shokin? Try to get him fired because uh, he said Victor Shokin was bad. He wasn't doing his job, so he got in there and he told Ukraine. He told the new. He told the president. Uh, was it Poroshenko? If you don't fire this dude, um, we're going to hold you a billion dollars in aid that we promised you. You know the whole quid pro quo. You know, see, apparently that's only allowed if you've got a D by your name. And then they fired the prosecutor. Joe Biden was proud that he helped get the prosecutor fired. And, and, and they never thought a thing about it until all of a sudden, 2020 election cycle, we started hearing about, well, you know, Joe Biden took a bribe. Hunter Biden took a bribe. Uh, Hunter Biden was working on the board of Burisma. That's the backdrop of this supposedly confidential human source that was just recently arrested. But he didn't just report that just now. We'll talk about that after we come back. Filling in for Eric today, Alan Sanders. All right, let's dive into this story because I know it is everywhere and the Democrats are running with it like they have got the they've gotten their golden ticket. They've got their Wonka bar. They opened it up because they know Joe is against the wall. They know the oversight committee has been investigating all of the stuff they've tried to suppress, all of the things they've tried to stonewall, drag their feet, all of the people they've tried to hire that would hide this information, the FBI consult, you know, uh, colluding to hide this information, all of this, it's still coming to light. 
Witnesses are coming forward. The House voted for the impeachment inquiry. They're getting closer and closer and closer. Jim Biden had to testify yesterday. The, the Oversight Committee has been doing what a good committee is supposed to do. You don't start bringing the big fish in. You don't bring the big chief in. You don't go, you don't go find the crime boss and bring him as your first witness. You start with the little fish. You start getting some details. You start, you start painting the outer edges of this painting. You know, like when you're doing a puzzle, you do the border. You start trying to come up with, well, where are the edges? And then you start to spiral in a little bit. You get the lieutenants. You get the people who might have been there a while, the people who are in charge of the little fish. So you're going for the medium fish. And eventually, you're into the inner circle, the inner sanctum. You start going after the people who are really closest to the kingpin. Because the kingpin, if he's done his job correctly, absolutely has nothing done. Like The, the kingpin didn't do anything themselves. They've gotten everyone else to do it. That's why they're the kingpin. They're manipulating everyone. They're the center hub to the spokes, and all the crime happens out there, all the illicit activity. And so this investigative committee has been doing a good job. Now, granted, you folks that are longtime, maybe Republicans at heart or conservatives, and I hear you. Oh, are we going to send another strongly worded letter? Oh, are we going to send another strongly worded tweet? Oh, what are we going to say on nightly news tonight? That's, ooh, scary sounding, but you ever you never actually do anything. Hey, <laughs> I'm with you. I've been watching it. I get very frustrated. But I'll say this to you guys that I say to my audience on my show. The scrutiny that a, quote, Republican committee is going to have versus a Democrat committee is, in, an, in the light of a legacy mainstream media that is 90% in the tank for Democrat causes anyway. I mean, the legacy mainstream media is really nothing more than the propaganda wing of the Democrat Party. It's, it's a phrase that I've said for years and years and years, and they continue to do exactly what I love, is prove I'm always right. I like that. I like when they prove me right. Well, not always. I've got a wife. She's definitely found ways that, to prove I've been wrong. But in terms of the politics, in terms of the news, in terms of what's happening policy-wise, the legacy mainstream media, 90% in the tank for the, for, for the left. You look at who they vote for. You look at who they contribute for. You look at how they just mindlessly grip, you know, rip and read a headline. They don't even bother to ask follow-up. There's no skepticism. There's no curiosity. There's no sense of, okay, just because you told me that and I want to believe it, should I actually, you know, I want to ask some follow-up. I want to get clarification. I want to dig below the surface just to be sure. There's none of that anymore, or, or very rarely any of that. The vast majority, it is a narrative first. Find the things that go along with the narrative. Report the things that go along with the narrative. If it's not in, in, in line with the narrative, if it doesn't fit the preconceived story, the preconceived notion, the way we want to spin something, if it's not doing that, then we don't want to report it. And that's where you get so many news stories out there that the reason you didn't know what was going on is because the legacy mainstream media chose not to tell you. They just chose not to be part of, uh, of the information conduit. They're part of the propaganda conduit. And we can do that. We can do that whole thing here with the uh, we can do that whole thing here with this, this, this confidential human source. Because I covered this thing over and over and over again as we learned more and more and more. So this guy, this guy who's just been arrested, 14 years was on the FBI payroll. 14 years 
making well over six figures over the course of that time as a confidential human source. Trusted for 14 years to be in situations that were so dire and around so many other criminal elements that literally as part of his contract, as part of this this relationship, if you will, that he was allowed to break the law because he had to remain so deep undercover as a source that the FBI said, hey, if you have to break the law, if you have to commit crime to continue to stay true to the sources where we're getting the information that you're feeding us, then you do what you have to do. You are authorized by this government to do whatever you have to to stay close to the people where we're asking you to mine data, mine information, get us the detail. So this this is the person we're talking about. So you have to right now understand when you're hearing people in the media giddy, oh, the guy that the House is using as their sole reason for the impeachment turns out to be a liar, and we've arrested him for lying, so the impeachment is gone. No, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing that, and you think that that's the right headline, if you think that's even close to the truth, you're falling for another hoax, you're falling for another propaganda campaign, you're falling for a PSYOP, you're falling for an intentional campaign meant to mislead you. Folks, just put on a modicum, just a a hair of logic, and ask yourself, how does a guy feed information to the FBI for more than a decade is, th- is, is talked highly about by both the left and the right when mentioned in the, in the kinds of information that he's brought in the past, the kinds of information that has led to what they've called national security level kinds of intelligence, intelligence that could, help, could actually have an impact on the safety and security of Americans. We're not talking about, you know, did you did you get the inside scoop on a new, uh, you know, uh, Beanie Baby doll that's going to be coming out that suddenly we're going to reinvigorate that that trend. We're talking about national security implications. Now, let me remind you about a few things. Since the media, the legacy mainstream media, refuses to do the bulk of their job of actually asking questions and reminding you about the facts we already had up to a certain point. You can, you can go, well, they arrested him. Okay, yes, you're right. They did arrest him because no government actually tries to politically persecute somebody that they don't like. No government would ever actually go after an asset that suddenly becomes a liability. No, you're right. That, that never happens. Only in the fiction books. That never happens in the spy world. That never happens in the real world. In fact, that, why do we even talk about it? How did we even have that in the movies? How did we have James Bond and all these stories? That's almost be fictional. It never is based on anything real. The confidential human source sent n- intelligence back about his relationship with the folks in Burisma. He had meetings. He had sit-downs. Now, as part of being a confidential human source, when he flies somewhere, goes somewhere, stays at a hotel, meets someone at a restaurant, guess what that human source has to do? They've got to actually document, and as part of the documentation, when they eventually sit down with their handlers, they sit down and give a deposition. And the form that's capturing the information from that deposition is the FBI's FD-1023 form. So this guy in 2017 is sitting down with his handlers, and he's had a couple of these, but it's a summation of his meetings with the folks on the board of Burisma. 
Now, in 2017, have we had the Hunter Biden laptop exposed yet? Okay, I know this is asking a lot of the listening audience, especially if you want to believe with your whole heart and soul that Joe Biden and the Biden family is as pure as the wind-driven snow, and therefore this is the get-out-of-jail-free card, this is your Willy Wonka golden ticket to freedom, you don't have to worry about Jim Comer, you don't have to worry about House Oversight, you don't have to worry about the investigations, because in your mind, once you get rid of this confidential human source, you've gotten rid of everything that's being stuck to Joe Biden. Because if this guy's lying, it's all a lie, and therefore Joe Biden never did anything wrong. And if you want to cling to that, you can. But play along just for funsies. Just humor me. This confidential human source talked about Burisma, talked to his handlers in the FBI in 2017, about meetings initially held in 2015 and 2016. When did we get the Hunter Biden laptop story? When was the Hunter Biden laptop story even brought to your attention, your, you know, even in the news, when it was initially told to you that the laptop was a lie, that the laptop was planted by Russians, that the laptop was not Hunter Biden's, that the Russians had this wonderful scheme they worked out where they created years and years of pictures they photoshopped and emails that they've adjusted everything from the headers to the metadata, and they planted it all in this laptop, and then they mirrored part of this laptop via the iCloud account of Apple into a, uh, into a tablet. And then, because they knew if they were to actually bring that to the media or somebody who might actually look at it, that could be suspicious. Why would the Russians go through all that effort of creating all of this fake data and, and then drop it off with the media? I mean, that's not going to work. What they decided to do is they went and found some little mom-and-pop repair shop in Delaware, and they said, hey, can we drop this off here? And then we're not going to come pick it up. So in six months, please call the FBI and tell them you think you've got this laptop. Do you really think that that's how the operation went down? But the media tried to sell you that. Remember, am I, is this ringing any bells for all of you out there? Do you remember the 51 intelligence agents who all penned the letter? Oh, that laptop. All the hallmarks of a Russian campaign. The Russians are trying to go after Joe Biden. The Russians once again want Donald Trump. Remember all that? Do you remember what year? Because it was an election cycle. Uh, let me make this easy for you. We have a presidential election every four years. We've got one coming up this year. The Hunter Biden laptop story came up during another presidential election cycle. Uh, not this cycle. It's not now. So... Can you, can you tell me what year the laptop story first broke and that everyone in government, everyone in the White House, everyone in the intelligence agencies, everyone in the regime, you tell me when did they tell you that the laptop initially was a lie, was a hoax? Wasn't that 2020? I believe it was 2020. I think 2020 was the number we're looking for. Now, we didn't know anything about potential emails and business deals with Burisma. We didn't know anything, really, right? Till this laptop comes out. This laptop comes out a month or so before the election. And everyone's scrambling to, to tell you it's fake. I feel like I'm, I'm treading over old ground, but I feel like I've got to do the history lesson because I know you are being told that this confidential human source just recently filed some paperwork and the and the FBI decided, oh, you're a liar and we've arrested you. 
The confidential human source reported in 2017 the Burisma deal. The confidential human source talked about Joe Biden getting bribed and Hunter Biden getting bribed about one of the executives who was in that same meeting saying he's got recordings that he said to the confidential human source, I made sure for insurance purposes, I've got two recordings of Joe and I've got at least 15 of Hunter. That that form, that data, the FBI heard all of this and put it on that FD uh, FD 1023 form in 2017. The laptop from hell, as it's become known, came out in 2020, three years later. And remember, people started digging and going, wait a minute, there's emails here about Ukraine. There's emails about Burisma. There's emails about China, FCK. I mean, people were, and then, of course, oh, no, 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 that's all fake. It's all a lie. Tony Bobolinsky comes forward before the election, says, oh, no, no. The stuff in those emails is exactly the stuff. In fact, we knew about 10% for the big guy. The first time anybody in this audience that was not part of the FBI investigation, you in the listening audience and you in the legacy mainstream media, every single person in the Eric Erickson audience right now, you never heard 10% for the big guy until after Hunter Biden's laptop came into the consciousness of the media. You didn't know anything about that term. You didn't know anything about the the deals. You didn't even know this existed, and then you were told it was fake. How is it possible if this confidential human source is lying, how is it possible that in his deposition three years before Hunter Biden's laptop leaks and we realize, oh, my God, look at what we've got, the confidential human source said that the folks dealing with Joe Biden knew and called him the big guy. How is that possible if the confidential human source was lying? The timeline doesn't add up. The terminology doesn't add up. And, oh, let me throw this at you before we take a break, and I will come back and close that out. Did you know that when an informant meets with his handlers and sits down for that deposition and lays out what happened and says, here's what they said and here's what this person said. Here's the place I was at. Here's the hotel I stayed. Here's the restaurant we went to. Here's the lobby. When they talk about all those different trackable details, did you know that other agents are assigned to confirm? They want to make sure that the confidential human source is worth the money. So when we come back, I want to tell you about what happened when somebody actually was assigned to corroborate those details. He's got the courage to tell you the actual truth, even when it isn't popular. It's the era. Join Eric's Army of Activists. Text ARMY to 33777 now. Welcome back. Alan Sanders filling in for you here on The Eric Erickson Show, going through what the Democrats are breathlessly putting out there. Look! We arrested the guy! We arrested the human source! And 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 we've charged him with lying. So now no more investigation. Joe Biden is good. There is nothing to see here. Nothing. To, there's nothing to see here. Joe Biden, pure and clean as the wind-driven snow. You Republicans, oh, the Putin wing of the Republican Party spreading more Russian disinformation. Only problem with that, folks, is you have to understand the whole story, the whole context. 
2017, the confidential human source. We'll call him Smirnov because that's what they said his name was. We never knew his name. You know who gave us the name? The people who finally arrested the guy that you've kept under wraps and kept hidden and kept secret for 14 years. Even when the even when Chuck Grassley got the FD-23 form that detailed his sit-down with the Burisma execs talking about what the big guy wanted and about the $5 million for Biden and the $5 million for Hunter, the name wasn't even there. Even the document that Senator Grassley was able to get and released it June of last year. This is when I was talking about it, folks. Not quite, but, about, but it was middle of last year. So it didn't even have his name, but they want his name out there now. They want to publicly shame. The, they're willing to throw this person under the bus to try to, in any way, make this about James Comer and the Oversight Committee and that Joe Biden. Oh, poor elderly man with the poor memory. Poor guy. They keep going after the poor guy who did nothing wrong. Except, except, when this confidential human source met with his handler and said, hey, guys. I met with this guy, Zlochevsky. I met with these different folks from Burisma. I met with a guy who, when I actually said, wouldn't it be easier to just pay an attorney? He goes, why do I need to pay an attorney? I already paid Biden's. I already paid Joe, and I paid Hunter. When this guy told the FBI, to whom he was, an, well, a confidential human source and, in some way, a contracted employee, when he told them about this in 2017, like any good agency looking at the detail, looking at the, at the human intel that was being dropped in their laps, you know what they did? They said, you know what, we need a different, a different branch of the FBI. We need somebody who's not connected with this. Someone that, that way we can have, you know, we, we can show if we have to go to court, we can show we're not biased. We need some different FBI guys to take the dates, to take the locations, to take all of the, the kind of periphery information that we just got about where this guy was and where did he stay. And he says he was here on this date and he traveled on this date. We need separate agents, separate FBI guys to vet that information. Did you know that they did that? Did you know that they vetted all of that detail and their recommendation back to Bob Barr at the time, Bill Barr, William Barr, they said, hey, not Bob, William, they said, hey, there's enough corroborative fact here that the dates line up, the locations line up. We think this needs to be investigated further, and they buried it. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving.
a public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Following God is hard. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.